consistency. Do you struggle with that like I do? Where you start something and you're determined in terms of your business, I'm going to email, I'm going to show up for my community, and then you fall off. Well, our guest today is one that I marvel at, her consistency. And as we talk about monetizing your ministry, one of the things that will build trust with your audience so that they will trust you to serve them is showing up and being consistent. So today, if you struggle with consistency like I do, this episode is for you. Let's go. Welcome to the Monetize Your Ministry podcast. And you get a chance to interact with them. To me, that's full-time ministry. You get to serve them. You can be a tenant. You're going to be paying somebody forever. If you do not niche down, you will never be successful. You'll be so busy just trying to catch everyone and never reaching the right one. Yeah. Um, the bottom line is the truth of the matter is you're not going to die happy because tattoo diabetes is like a thing. It brings in itself and then it opens I want to provide content and things that are going to help change lives. And I simultaneously want to, to receive a blessing from that. And embrace their calling. I believe God's blessing that stuff. God's blessing that stuff. Now here's your host, Kamon Hunt. Wow, so I played the long intro this time. For those of you who've been following this regularly, you know, we've shortened our intro since, but it's good to see some of the faces and the stories in our Monetize Your Ministry family. So this week, if you are new to the Monetize Your Ministry podcast, welcome. I want to invite you, if you have not done so already, to subscribe to the podcast. You can do so on YouTube or you can do so if you're listening on whatever podcasting platform you're listening to this podcast on. And if you have not done so already, leave us a rating and a review. On YouTube, leave us a comment. Just let us know how this podcast and the people that are sharing, how it's been helping you. All right. Listen, today, uh, this person that I'm going to share with you today, um, I have been just blessed by, inspired. I've learned so much from her in my journey as an entrepreneur. And I wanted to make sure I shared her story and her expertise with my audience. So today, I want to present to some and introduce to others, Miss Kalita Kelman. Kalita, welcome. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Now, Kalita, um, make everyone jealous by telling them where you are right now as we are recording <laughs> this podcast. So I'm currently in Barbados, what I think is the best island in the Caribbean. All right. Now, I would argue with you, all right, because I'm from <laughs> Trinidad. But as we talked about in the intro, I have roots in Barbados and right. I'm making a trip there this year. So we're not going to argue over that. Um, but <laughs> I'm so glad that you're here and I'm looking forward to enjoying the island that you are uh, talking about in a few months. So for sure. Welcome. Well, Kalita, um, I'm, I'm going to say this. You are the queen of consistency. And <laughs> I'm so glad we can talk about this because um, I know I'm not the only one. There's some people on here who have great business ideas and we just get stuck in a rut of start, stop, start, stop, start, pause. But you have managed to be consistent, even in rebranding and different things. And so I want you to give us the secret to that today as we dive into this podcast. But before we get there, I want to ask two questions for introduction purposes. The first one is this. Simply, who is Kalita Kelman? So people who don't know you, 
they can know who you are and then i'll ask you that tricky question okay sure so hey um first and foremost um right now i am a mom that's my main passion my main purpose in my opinion is to be an example for my daughter not an excuse mm -hmm. and as a result of that I am a digital product coach. I help women, mainly service providers and nine to fivers who are busy, they're burnt out, start making passive income with digital products and services in the online space. So that's me in a nutshell. Ooh, digital product coach. And you said a word that I'm sure some people, their eyes lit up and their ears open up when you said <laughs> passive income. because. Yes. Who doesn't like passive income, right? For those who don't know, like what's passive income? So passive income is any type of income, any type of money that you can make without having to actively go out there and do it. So in my case, for example, I make passive income with digital products. I create the digital product one time and then I push traffic to my content, to my business, to my funnels, and then my funnels, my sales systems, they're going to do the selling for me. I don't have to be there in order to make the money, to make the sale. My systems, that's what does the work behind the scenes. I love it. So Kalita, so you might wake up in the morning and there's uh, new sales that happen? Almost every day. Yeah, that's, uh, that basically happens. You live in the dream. All right. You in Barbados and you make it money in your sleep. All right. We're going we're gonna to get into that. Now, uh, this I like asking this question because I think it helps people to kind of bond and, you know, just even have fun with our with our guests. Um, what's one thing about you that people who may know you already would be surprised to learn? Um, so my community may be surprised to learn that I wanted to be a medical doctor for most of my life until I had my daughter. That was my pivotal moment. That's a pivotal moment in my life, I believe. But I wanted to be a medical doctor and I'm currently a mathematics instructor. So I know a lot of people think that us online who are online entrepreneurs, we are preaching, oh, go full time, go full time. It's kind of the opposite. I go against the grain. Um, and so I have a nine to five as a math instructor. And my dream when I was younger was to be a medical doctor. Nice. What, what, uh, any, spe any specialty? I wanted to be a pathologist. <laughs> Interesting. Interesting. I'm always curious and we may flesh this out how the things that you did in your past, right. Or the things that you even wanted to do, how it connects to what you're doing now in business, but we'll get into that. So, Let's kind of take us on the journey. Um, you mentioned that you're a math professor, right? You're a math instructor. Mm -hmm. So at what point, and, and you kind of gave us a little hint on that. At what point does business come into the radar? Just kind of take us back to, to that point. Well, for me, it was kind of accidental. I think a lot of entrepreneurs fell into what they are currently doing based on a need that they once had. So when my daughter was around six, seven weeks, she got RSV. She became really sick and I had a choice. I could put her back into daycare and risk her getting sicker, or I could keep her at home for um, an extended period of time. So I was still in college and I made a decision to stay home with her for a year so that she could recover. And um, people who know me, they say that I'm one of the hardest working women that they know. I don't like to be idle. I like to be doing things. And I started blogging just to, you know, keep things going. 
And once I started blogging, I fell into affiliate marketing and I started to make money through affiliate products on my blog. Mm -hmm. And I started getting people asking me, how did you make money so quickly after launching your blog? And so I started teaching. And once I started teaching, which was always a passion, if you if my grandfather was still alive, he will tell you that from the age of two, three, I would line my dolls up on a chair and I would teach. And I've always been very good at teaching and talking. It's like my passion. I love to teach. I love to make difficult things easy. Mm-hmm. And so when I realized I could teach literally from anywhere in the world, from my laptop, from my iPad, from my phone, that was a game changer. And then when I started to make money from my blog as well, bigger game changer. So once I started teaching other women how to leverage affiliate marketing and social media marketing, because this was, I want to say it'll be 13 years this year. So it's over 12 years ago and social media wasn't as big as it is right now. So a lot of women weren't sure how to do things that we take for granted right now. And they wanted to learn. And that's literally how I got started coaching. It's literally how I fell into digital products. Um, And it's literally how I started making money online. And so I always tell my daughter, if it wasn't for her, I wouldn't be doing what I, well, I probably would because you know, your purpose is your purpose, but it might've taken a longer time to get where I am today. Yeah. So Kalita, this is so interesting. Like you've always had this gift for teaching. Yes. And, um, you know, just in you, it was in you. You didn't get it in school, right? You might've sharpened the skill, but you didn't get it there. But as you talked about taking your knowledge of social media and how to do affiliate marketing and teaching it to people, were there any times, right, as you were doing some of this that you ever questioned? Because I know there's someone watching this now. You're right there watching this and you're thinking, yeah, I would do it, but I don't have like a a certification in it or a degree in this. My degree is in, what is what your degree is in math, right? Um. Well, funny enough, my degree is in biology and chemistry. Yes, it is. Funny okay. enough. I don't okay. even like math like that, but yeah. <laughs> that's so, what okay. makes me so good at being an instructor in math. I okay. Guess. Biology, biology and chemistry. Yes. And you're teaching us something on affiliate marketing mm-hmm. and in social. Like, were there any parts of you that were that were, that you started questioning? Do I know enough to teach and what makes me qualified to teach this? Right. Um, Honestly, I think one of, and it could be a strength and it could also be a weakness. Uh, One of my teachers always said that when I was in primary school here in Barbados, but I'm a very confident person. Mm. So (laughs) when I started teaching, I knew that I knew what I was talking about and I just showed up and I taught what I knew. I never perpetrated to Mm. um, teach something that I didn't know. I never tried to teach people, for example, how to make six figures and I'm only making $1,000 per month. I literally just got online and taught what I knew. So I was confident in showing up and teaching that. Um, Where I did fall down, though, was I wasn't confident in um, evaluating and owning my worth. So when I first got started, my pricing was ridiculously 
low yeah. and um, I really undervalued what I did know. And I think that's where most women and some men as well fall down is in valuing their expertise, their experiences that they already bring to the table and packaging it up in a way that is lucrative for them based on the results that they can get to their for their clients and their customers. So for me, confidence was never really a problem in terms of showing up and teaching. It was more so probably in like the pricing on the back end. Yeah, that's that's a good question. I I I don't know why I'm intrigued by this conversation, this part of the conversation, because you mentioned there's some, you know, I wasn't gonna tell people how to make six figures when I wasn't making six figures, right? Right. And I was I showed up to teach what I knew how to how to teach what like I knew how to get results here. Right. And um I think for some of us is that comparison trap, right? So we're yes. following or we're seeing people who are talking about six figures, right? Or maybe talking about another outcome that is mm -hmm. in our field that we have not achieved. And so we think, because I can't get that outcome, what I can do is not important. Kind of talk to someone who might have that question. Mm -hmm. um, what would you say to that person to help them like move off of that self-doubt? They need to talk to themselves every mm. single day. They need to talk to themselves. You see, we let the opinions that we think other people have influence our current reality and the thoughts that we are thinking. And at the end of the day, what's real is what we believe is real. And a belief is just a thought that you keep on thinking. So if you every single day wake up and literally tell yourself that you are the expert for your ideal buyer, for your ideal client, then you are the expert for your ideal buyer and your ideal client. So for example, if I'm just getting started and all I know how to do is set up an Instagram page, I promise you there is someone and some ones out there who don't know how to do that. So I'm an expert for them. There's someone who will pay me money to set that Instagram page up. But I'm undervaluing it because I think it's easy. I'm undervaluing it because I believe that. And again, a belief is just a thought you keep on thinking. I'm keep on thinking. I'm telling myself over and over again, nobody's going to pay me for this. Mm -hmm. So it's really the words and the thoughts that you, it's what you're telling yourself on a daily basis. You can literally choose to either speak prosperity into your life or you can choose to speak poverty in your life and you get to choose you get to make that decision yeah Khalida, i wrote that down a belief is a thought you keep on thinking you yes. said it's more important not what you say to them or what they say to themselves and i exactly I think, I think even as people of faith i don't think most of us understand Yes, the most important conversation you have every day is with God, right? But the it second is. most important conversation <laughs> is the one you have with yourself. Exactly. And that's so important. Now, I'm still taking us back. Don't worry. We'll come all the way forward. That's the fine. First, I want to get the first client, that first person who <laughs> paid you, right? Because I think a lot of us in business, we remember the first, I remember the first person who paid me. Vividly. Right? How did you do it? How did you do it? Um, so I just showed up, honestly, uh, when I got my first real, well, real is relative. So the first client who paid me for a service and for coaching, they paid me 30, I, I believe it was like at a 37 or $39 to work with me for a month for me to build their website, for me to do their branding, for me to help them with their social media strategy, for me to get on the phone with them for four weeks, every single week. It was $37. Pardon? You robbed yourself. 
but you see, back then I didn't know coaching was a thing. Yeah, so yeah. I just said you were doing you were doing services and coaching them at the same time. I was doing the most, yeah. <laughs> really and truly. Like, and I didn't think they were gonna pay. So when the PayPal notification came through, I was shocked that they paid me 30, either 37 or 39 dollars. So that was the first kind of real client. But then the first real client where I actually knew that um, what coaching was and I had a package in place was um, a lady. She was a hairstylist and she was my first real put together client. And she, I charged um, four figures for her, but I was able to get her again, too, just by showing up and giving value. And one of the things that I see is people are so scared to show up and just give people are creating content from a place of scarcity instead of a place of abundance you see the more you give the more you're going to receive people can't pay you as an expert if they don't know you're the expert and if you're showing up creating content that's basic it's not good then they're going to think you are basic and you're not good and they're going to want to value you at that level and at that price point so um, I honestly just started attracting people because I showed up and I created content consistently over time and people started inquiring um, whether I coached or not, which led me to do research and put together packages. And it was easy for me to get the clients because I was already showing up and creating the content. Yeah, you're so good. Um, you used the term show up. Now, you talked about 12 years ago, almost 13 yes. years, right? What, is sh what did showing up look like <laughs> then? And what does show showing up look like now? So back then, um, I started, so I was mainly marketing initially um, using YouTube and using Facebook. I didn't have a big following on YouTube. I had more Facebook friends and I also had a Facebook group. It grew to about 4,000 people in the group. And I was doing um, Facebook group marketing, like marketing in other people's Facebook groups. Now, I think the pivotal um, strategy that I used at that time was doing live classes. So now we can pick our phones up, we can go live. But back then, I had to create a Google Hangout mm -hmm. and embed the Google Hangout into a page on my website. I, I believe the name of the tool was called Chat Roll. So I had to, I paid for Chat Roll, embed Chat Roll into my website so people can talk back while I'm live. And so I would go live using the Google Hangout. I would have the chat roll embedded and I would go live consistently at least one time per week. I feel like it's more to three to five times per week. I was going live using Google Hangouts. And then of course I built my email list as I went because you know I believe in email marketing. I believe in building yeah. your email list. So that's what it looks like back then. I was leveraging video marketing and specifically live video marketing. Today it's very similar but now it's easier. We have our phones, but most people don't use our phones. And one of the things, one of the posts that I post a few times a year is if you're not making money from your phone, just throw your phone away. Cause you have this phone that is so like, it, it can bring you so much money, but most people are just paying a phone bill when you can have your phone paying for the phone bill and more. Wow. So I go live um, at least one time per week. I create video content almost every day. And um, I send my emails every single day, sometimes more than one time per day. I know that might make some people cringe, but I learned from this lady. She was a multimillionaire and she sent like six emails a day. Now, I'm not going to do that, but she sent 
like six emails a day. And that is what she attributed her success to the email marketing and the live video marketing. Wow. Kalita. So um, our guest today is Kalita Kelman. Um, she is a digital products coach, especially helping women to take their expertise and knowledge and turn it into digital products so they can get paid while they sleep. So Kalita, we're talking about your journey. And yes. you talked about all the tools you had to use back in the day. <laughs> but there's something you said. And I, um, email marketing. I think so many people are attracted to social media numbers, right? Yes. How many followers and, um, you know, how many people I have on TikTok, whatever, whatever. But you said it, that email list. Kind of talk to us about the value of that. And and if you're a listener, you're watching this, you are getting some really important stuff right here. If you're building a business, yes, I know you want to have, you want to be um, trending and people watching you, but but listen to this value that you need to have with an email list. So talk to us about that. Okay. So I have been using email marketing almost from definitely over 10 years. Um, I remember when I first got started, I was in affiliate marketing. And one of the things that I learned to leverage was something called solo mailers. So a solo mailer was basically you would pay someone to email their list about your product, about your business you got in front of their audience. And that is really what helped me to jumpstart my email growth. As I started building my email list. I started doing more research. I did a lot of testing, experimented. I, I failed a little bit too. And, but what I realized was, is that most of my sales didn't come from social media. It came from people who had previously joined my email list. Now, the way that you grow your email list matters. Most people think just get people on there. No, you want people to opt into your email list using something called a, what I call a buyer magnet, or it's a freebie or a lead magnet. Mm -hmm. And when they opt in, it pre-qualifies them as a potential buyer because that freebie, that lead magnet, it's specific, it's related to your paid offer. So once they opt in to your email list, now you can communicate with them. Now think about it. Uh, most people, when they wake up, some head to social media. A lot of them, though, the, the buyers, like the real business people, the first thing we do is head to our emails to see what's going on. No, no, no. We go to check our devotionals. Come on now. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Keep going. But you know, you know what I mean. You yeah, know I'm messing I mean. with you. Aside from that, we want to see who emailed us. That's we want right. to see what's going on, what's happening with business. And so we go there. And even if I don't open your email. If I'm seeing your name over and over and over again, you stay top of mind. Ooh. And that's, that's really important. That's the point right there. That's a, ooh. Because some, if you ever done email marketing, one of the things, if you want to get crushed, go look at your numbers. Go look at your open <laughs> numbers and your click-through numbers. A lot of us were like, oh, well, why am I even sending this, right? Right. Most people aren't opening it. But you just said something important. That whole bring keeping yourself top of mind. Sorry, I, I had to cut you. Yeah, no, like you, you want to remember, even if I see your name over, over, over again, and your name is associated with your subject lines, which is associated with whatever you are the expert in, then you are still top of mind, even if I don't open every single email. Mm -hmm. That being said, side note, your open rates are important, right? Because if you have a really bad open rate, there's something wrong that you want to fix. Um, but that being said, don't obsess over it too much because there are people who are watching you your buyers are watching you to 
see how consistent you are with your messaging, to see how consistent you are and how much you believe in your offer. And the way that people can gauge how much we believe in something is how much we talk about it. And I think we underestimate the power of just showing up and talking about your offer because people are literally waiting to buy from you. They just want to make sure that you are the right one. And the only way that they know you're the right one is if you believe you're the right one. So you're showing up enough to prove that. So you build your email list. A lot of people get to that point, but then they don't communicate with their email list. And I'm a firm proponent of emailing every single day. And the reason why is every day, look at Amazon. I'm pretty sure all of us, when you went to amazon.com in order for you to purchase, what did you have to do? Put your name and your email address in. You had to register. You had to sign up. Once you did, you started getting emails right away. They didn't wait for a month like we do, right? We want to wait because oh, for the next be event, over the huh? next thing, for the next exactly. event, exactly. The next thing I got. They don't do that. They're sending an email right away, right? They're they're drawing you in, and then not only that, they know what you're interested in based on what you're searching. We know what our email subscribers are interested in based on the freebie, the buyer magnet they signed up for. So we can send relevant content the same way Amazon is sending us relevant content. Even when we purchase from Amazon, it doesn't stop there. They're emailing us to say, hey, you know what would go really well with that (laughs) pants that you bought, right? So why are we stuck thinking that we can only email once a week, right? That is a lack mentality that most of us have because we don't want to bother people. Mm -hmm. The people who don't want to be bothered, there's a little unsubscribe at the bottom. Which which, which hurts our soul when it happens, right? Well, not mine anymore. It did break (laughs) me when I first started, but now I realize those people are leaving. So the people who are actually going to pay me can come in. They're making Mm -hmm. room for better, Mm -hmm. right? And so you want to get out of the, I'm just going to communicate when it suits me and start thinking about your email list as an actual marketing channel. The same way you're showing up on your social media, well, at least you should be showing up on social media every day. You need to show up in your people's inbox every day because that showing up in the inbox is going to translate to bigger profits than your social media marketing will. So you want to keep that in mind. I personally believe every single day you want to be sending emails. All right, Kalita. So talk to us. And by us, I mean me, right? The people who struggle with consistency. We start off good and then we kind of like don't email our list for like a month, two, right? Or we're not showing up on social regularly. What's what's your secret? What's the hack? Right? Oh, oh, like don't just tell us, tell us your your secret, because you got a secret. (laughs) So honestly, I don't really have a secret to be honest. What I did was I made it easy for me to be consistent. So what I did was um, so the reason you think I'm consistent. It's because I'm consistent in what matters, right? I may be inconsistent and no one will ever know because I'm inconsistent with things that don't matter. And what I mean by that is when I first got started and I knew that I wanted to make consistent money and I needed to be consistent so that my community trusts me. Because remember, people trust you based on how you show up. Mm -hmm. um, I decided to be consistent with email marketing first and foremost. So I've consistently sent an email now for years, almost every single day. I'm a witness. (laughs) And if I don't send an email, then I start to get emails asking, hey, are you still alive? Are you good? Like, what's going on? So I chose that to be my first thing I was consistent with. And 
Honestly, that's the main thing I've been consistent with now for years, even though like for a whole year, I went live almost every um, day. Then I was able to stack that on top of my consistency with email marketing because I'm consistent with that one thing. Now it's easier to be consistent with other things. Mm -hmm. So posting consistently on social media and all that stuff, I just stacked it on that one habit. Now, if you're like me and you're more left-brained and you need like, okay, girl, that sounds all good, but like, what do you literally do? Yep. Yes. Literally, what I do is I use um, this super expensive tool. I'm kidding. It's, it's free. <laughs> this tool called called Google Calendar, right? And I use my phone. And I'm going to, in Google Calendar, I'm going to block off time where I, number one, I'm going to plan my entire week. So every Thursday, I'm planning my week ahead of time because if it isn't planned, and then most importantly, the plans are pretty and all that, but scheduled into my calendar with alerts. So I had to turn my phone off because I'm yes. going to have alarms going off all the time. My alarms literally tell me, hey, it's time to do this. It's time to do that. That's what keeps me on top of stuff. So in my Google calendar, I'm going to literally plan my entire week. It's very pretty. It's very colorful because I plan out almost every single waking moment. Most people are going to think that's so restrictive. I don't want to live like that. When I didn't have things planned, that was the restriction because I was all over the place. But by planning things, now I'm able to plan my freedom, literally. So I went from working maybe eight plus hours on my business when I was full time in my business to now working one to two hours every day, about four days per week, simply because I'm very intentional about planning. So with email marketing, for example, you want to build whatever you want to be consistent in into your actual lifestyle. So if email marketing is important to you, how can you incorporate it into your lifestyle so that it's something easy to implement? Make it easy for yourself. So for example, I chose the time of day that I know that I'm thinking clearest, that I'm most likely to be able to show up without any interruptions to write my emails. When I'm working and I know I'm going to be busy, I'm going to batch my emails. So I'm going to work ahead and I'll create up to a week of emails ahead of time so that I can still show up so I can still send my emails. And so they're already pre-scheduled to be sent out. If you want to create consistent content, plan your content ahead of time. Ask yourself, what's consistency for you? Is it one time per day? I'm sorry. If it, is it one time per day? Is it, um, three times per week, what does consistent look like for you? Commit to that and then implement the actual processes, leverage the tools like your calendars, your alarms, processes look like what actions or steps do I need to take to create or write the email? What do I need to do to get my live streams done? Do I need to plan them, outline them? Then how do I promote them? So just having those little things in place and then deciding to make it easy and make it easy means when are you going to do it? When are you most likely to show up and create the content and write the email? Like that was the biggest game changer for me, just implementing it into my lifestyle. Now, Khalida, this is I, I'm, this is really um, I'm listening to you. That planning, that's something that myself and a lot of others, if you are working a job and you're building this business, you're, you're taking right. action on this thing, you can't afford not to plan. Right. Because you don't have a lot of free time. So you need to right. make the best use of your time. Now, and I, I'm 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 really want to hammer in on this because folks who are watching this again, social media is good, 
but it's really a tool to drive people to your email list because you own yes. that social media. They can change the algorithm tomorrow and the people who are seeing your stuff won't see it anymore. I sit down to write, right? You you give me some tools. There's some tools out there. Trust me, to just get an email list started. It's not very hard. You have a lot of tools and some of them are free. But yes. I sit down to write and Kalita, I'm not a writer, right? The person <laughs> might say, I'm not a writer. I don't know how to do all that fancy stuff I see. How did you get started and how would you advise someone to start when they're brand new to this whole thing about writing emails to keep their list engaged? So first of all, writers would probably make some really bad email marketers because they are um, very correct in the way that they write. And when you're writing an email, remember, you're writing to your best friends. And what I mean by that Ooh, is... Say that, say that, say that, say that, say that. You are writing to your best friends. And the reason why I call them my best friends is because your ideal buyer is going to pay you a lot of money when you consistently show up and talk to them. So instead of trying to be correct and, you know, we grew up and we went to school, we have to be all grammatically correct and spell everything right. I'm pretty sure I have spelling errors, pretty sure that everything that I write isn't grammatically correct. But what you want to do is pretend that you're literally writing to a friend and have a conversation. So don't think I'm writing an essay. Don't think I'm writing a thesis, a dissertation. You are having a conversation with someone, only one person. So don't make the mistake of saying, um, thinking that you're writing to hundreds of people or thousands of people. You're having a conversation with wow. one person. Get out of your head. Start writing. The more you write, the better you get. I like it. That You just gave us a, a, a key right there. Write to one person. Yes. Um, if I were to ask anyone here, and you're watching this, you're listening to this, if you were watching this live, it's being streamed, and, and I said to you, put it in the chat, if you would have a hard time writing an email to one person, that, as you mentioned, that's a, your best friend. I'm sure we'll be like, oh, that's easy. Right. And you just gave us a hack there. When you sit down to write these emails, whether you're batching it or you're doing it uh, day by day, which I probably won't advise, but, you know, try to get ahead. Write personally. Don't write for, like, to impress someone. It's not a college paper, right? Right. And a really quick hack, um, like a structure that I use if I have to write my email really quickly or I don't feel like writing an email and I didn't batch is you can use SAC where you have a story. So you can pull a story, something that happened to you before or something that happened to you recently or any story really. And then you're going to apply that story. So what's the application of the story to whatever it is you want to sell with your email? And then you're going to have your call to action. And a call to action is basically what are you telling your audience to do? What do you want them mm. to do? Do you want them to buy something? Do you want them to follow you, read something, connect with you? Whatever it is, you want to have story, application, call to action. And one last thing is every single email that you write should have a call to action. Every single email. I was listening to a podcast. I'm, I, Ray Edwards, I believe, was the person who was the guest on this podcast. And this stuck with me. I was working a part-time job and I was listening to the podcast. And he said, every email that you write, you need to include something that you're telling your readers to do. And I've done that every day since then. And how old is my daughter? My daughter is 12, soon to be 13. So probably 10 years ago, I listened to that on a podcast. And that has, uh, has been one of the biggest shifts that I made with my email marketing 
And the reason why you want to do this is because you want to start building authority. You want to start getting people in the habit of taking action from that. your emails. Don't just write an email because, oh my goodness, Kalita said to write an email. No, yeah. you want to write an email with a purpose because if you want to profit whenever you publish, you want to have a purpose before you publish. Ooh, I, see, I heard that. So give us some call to action uh, examples. So um, click here to buy now, reply to this email if X, Y, Z, um, go here to do a specific thing, um, subscribe, watch this video, um, register to do um, whatever, um, share this with a friend, um, go comment under this post. So any direction that you're yeah, giving to good. your reader, that's good. your call to action. I love it. I love it. All right, Kalita, we're, we're building this stuff now. Um, and you mentioned packaging. Now, I can have a lot of information. Like you mentioned, you 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 have you had the information on digital starting digital products. Right. It's in your head. How do you package that? That's the word that I want you to help someone package it in a way that someone can say, I'm going to pay you for that. Right. So it's not the packaging they're going to pay you for. It's okay. the promise. Mm. So every single offer that you create needs to have a clearly defined promise so that your potential buyer knows why they should buy from you. And most people skip this. Most people jump into, um, let, I need to package it up. I need to price it. I need to add on the bonuses. I need to create the sales. No, figure out what is the solution that you are going to deliver and then create a well-articulated promise around your digital product, around your coaching package, so that your ideal buyer knows exactly what they're going to walk away with. And because now they're seeing the end result, they're more likely to buy. Once you get clear on that promise, now it's easier to package. So packaging is basically basically how many calls do they um, get? So putting together the framework, first of all, your signature framework. Then determining based on that framework, how many calls they're going to get, that's going to allow you to walk them through that framework towards a desired result. And then once you do that and you package it in a way that um, allows them to get that result, now you can price it accordingly. And again, you don't want to randomly price stuff. I know a lot of us do that. We just put a yeah, price yeah. tag Talk on there. That. Yeah. Um, honestly, my, <laughs> my framework for pricing is I want to make sure that I am delivering five to 10 times the value of whatever the price tag is on my offer. Mm. So if I know that when you're done working with me and you implement what we work on, you can make say, um, $5,000 per month, then $5,000 times 12 is 60,000. So that's $60,000 per year that you can make if you implement what I'm sharing with you. So I can comfortably charge $6,000 for my offer. I can charge $3,000 for my offer. I can charge $12,000 for my offer because I understand the inherent value of my offer. So I like to go with that, but then also pricing can also be strategic. So a buyer is worth way more than someone who's never paid you any money before. So if you want, for example, to build a buyer's list, you can create a lower ticket funnel that allows you to build your email list with people who purchase a low ticket offer from you. So now the pricing isn't really to um, make you rich on the front end. The pricing is intentional. It's strategic. So for example, 
I have something called the ebook creation bootcamp. I could easily sell that for $500, but right now, it, it price might change, but right now it's $29, right? I better get it and now, get it now. <laughs> so most people, they they're they always DM me, um, do I get all this stuff for $29? Because it's a little unbelievable that this is $29. The purpose isn't to get rich off of the bootcamp. The purpose is number one, I want my audience to do the bootcamp and if I want them to do the bootcamp, it can't, it, most people don't take free stuff as valuable. So they have a little skin in the game. They've paid $29. It's number one. When someone takes action on something they got from you, now they feel empowered and they're more likely to purchase again. And also when someone purchases from you before, they're more likely to purchase from you again as well. So you are helping them to get a desired result because you're empowering them because they've got skin in the game. They've paid that money. But then you're also um, building up that buyer's list that is super valuable on the back end as well. So that. that low ticket funnel is strategic. It's intentional. It doesn't stop with just that lower ticket item. It's like, you know, it's built out. You build up the entire funnel so that you are profitable on the back end. But for the most part, you want to start thinking to yourself, like, am I pricing? Like, what's the purpose of my pricing? Is it high ticket because this is the main thing I'm focusing on? Or is it another reason, like building my list with buyers, empowering my audience, moving them along their buyer journey? Like, what's the purpose? Our guest today is Kalita Kelman. Kalita, I'm going to try to get in a few questions before I let you go because you are giving no problem. me so much value. <laughs> so I want to thank you. Um, <clears throat> I'm gonna, I want to ask you about, like, all the things that we don't need to get started, right? Because there's some people who are thinking <laughs> I need a, a website and I got right. I, I want to ask you about um, someone might say when you talk about pricing, um, my product doesn't make people money, right? So how right. do you do that? And then the last question I want to ask you is this, and I'll probably start with this one right here. Um, funnels. You just mentioned funnels. And for a lot of people, they don't know what that is. So let's right. say we had someone who is just getting started. What's a simple funnel for a new beginner? And by the way, this this defined funnel, just so that anyone who doesn't know, they get they get the definition. Sure. So if you own a business and you've ever asked anyone to purchase something from you, congratulations, you have a funnel. <laughs> now, if they aren't buying, then your funnel isn't working. <laughs> but yeah. um, when we think funnel in the marketing world, we're thinking the system more than the process. Strictly speaking, a funnel would be the steps that a person goes from seeing your business to purchasing from your business, strictly speaking. But when we're talking about it from a digital marketing perspective, it's literally the system. So how can you apply tools to the process to automate that process so that now you don't have to be there? So how can you get people to purchase your offers on autopilot pretty much? So there are two main types of funnels. You have a lead generation funnel. You have a sales funnel. I recommend you get started with your lead generation funnel, which is going to build your email list. So on the front end, you're creating your content. And most people are saying, bye, 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 or follow, follow, follow. But like we've realized, um, like was mentioned before, you can have a million followers and your page gets shut down and your business is done if you don't have an email list. So instead of just saying, follow, 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 and bye, 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 now we're going to say, hey, um, get this freebie, get this buyer magnet, get this lead magnet that's going to build your list with potential buyers. Once you start building your list with potential buyers, you're going to start sending them an automated email sequence. 
And this automated email sequence, usually five to seven emails, is sent by what's called an autoresponder. So an autoresponder simply responds automatically with emails to build no light trust and move them along that buyer journey so they're buying from you. And if you don't have something to sell, that's fine. You can sell them on you. You can sell them on your business, on your brand, so that when they're ready to buy, so when you're ready to sell something, they are also ready to buy. So that's your lead generation funnel. Now, a simple sales funnel looks like this. You have that lead generation funnel set up. They're going to get that freebie from you, that buyer magnet. Then on the thank you page, most people are saying, oh, thank you so much for subscribing. That's it. That's all they're saying. No, we're going to say, oh, while you are here and I'm delivering that amazing freebie to you, here's a one-time offer. So you're going to optimize that thank you page. And on that thank you page, you're not going to offer what most people call a trip wire. This is something that's priced between a dollar to $49. And the reason being, most of us aren't going to bat an eyelash at spending $7 or $17 or $39, depending on who your I do buyer is, that would determine what lower ticket is for them. And so instead of saying thank you, we're going to say thank you and buy something from me and mm. a small percentage of people are going to start purchasing so now you have a simple sales funnel set up because now you're making pro um, money or you're selling on the front end of your funnel and then when they go through and they get those emails from you now you're making money in the middle of your funnel and then when you start sending emails every day right now you're going to start making money on the back end of the of your funnel this is your long money the money you're making um over the course of years some people on my email list have been with me now for almost 10 years, right? So you can make money over and over and over again just by one, creating a quality funnel. Number two, being consistent with your communication with your community. And then number three, consistently filling your funnel. Because if you're not filling your funnel, then your funnel can't funnel. Ooh, ooh, listen, somebody, when this is over, rewind, play this part again. Rewind, play this part <laughs> again. Rewind, play this part again. And make sure you're taking notes. Because if you're building a business, you got to have a funnel. Yes. You got to be adding people to that funnel. You got to be nurturing them. You have to be calling them to, to buy again and buy again. So that was gold. All right, Kalita, I, I'm not in a, I'm not helping people make more money. And you talked about if they, if they make 10 times more, five times more, that can, that's yeah. how I can price it. What do I do? So believe it or not, most people aren't in a niche where they're helping people make more money. You have to remember that your people are buying from you because they have a problem. Mm -hmm. um, one of the best examples I can think of right now is, for example, there are people making lots of money teaching parents how to potty train their kids. That does not make us money. But if you have ever potty trained a child before, you will buy that course really fast. Ooh, Especially if the course says something like, um, potty train your child in three days or less or potty train your child in seven days or less. You're like, oh my goodness, where do I sign up, yeah, right? Yeah, take my card. They're not promising for money. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even have a child that, like my daughter, she's, she's 12, she's potty trained, but I will buy that course because <laughs> I remember the pain yeah. of potty training. Yeah. So your profits come by understanding the problems that your I do buyer have okay so when you're clear on their problem then you can position your offer as the solution and um, another example is learn how to tie your laces in two hours or less that could be another um course it doesn't make anyone money but i promise you people will buy it because they 
understands, oh my goodness, I can't figure out how to tie my laces. How do you charge for that then? How do you charge for those that you just mentioned? So it depends on your ideal buyer. So if your um, parents, for example, are busy um, corporate level women, for example. So busy corporate level parents who don't have a lot of time. They want to potty train their child themselves because they really want to have that bond and be able to say, oh, I potty trained you, which I know a lot of parents want to be hands on. But they don't have a lot of time. They value their time. So you can charge based on how they place value on the problem that you're solving. But if you are creating these courses um, for single mothers who don't have a lot of money, well, then you have to charge them accordingly as well. So your pricing is going to be reflected in the targeting that you decide to choose for your digital products. I like it. I like it. All right. And then I want to I give you just one more and then I want you to tell people how they can connect with you. So sure. Starting a business, digital products. Let me go get a website. I'm going to get somebody to spend <laughs> a lot of money and build me a website, right? That's a few thousand. I got to go get professional right. headshots. And then I got to get a video guy to make me some professional videos and reels and all of that kind of stuff. <laughs> and then I got to get a social media manager to keep my content going. Talk to us about what's most important when you get started and what's not as important when you get started. So there are varying thoughts on this. Um, a lot of people that I respect in the online and digital marketing fields, they'll tell you, you need all that stuff. I never had any of that stuff, to be oh. honest. Mm -hmm. I do need to get some professional headshots. I think it's about time, almost 13 years. I need to go get some headshots because when I, I need to. But most um, things that people think they need, they don't. When I first got started, I built my own website using um, a WordPress, a free WordPress theme, put it together, learned my own coding, it pitched it together, started a blog, got my first clients from a free Facebook profile with a picture I took probably from my iPad or something. Um, so what I would recommend is you focus, if, especially if you have a smaller budget, number one, focus on building your audience with content. Content mm -hmm. is free. I'm pretty sure right now everyone has access to a phone. If you don't have a phone, you have um, a tablet, an iPad. If you don't, steal one from your kids. But you can create content on social media for free. Secondly, um, you don't need a video guy. Most of, if you have kids or grandkids or you have nieces, nephews, or you know your neighbor's kid, they're probably better than most of the videographers out here. Get them to do some B-roll footage of you if you're not confident doing it yourself. Something as simple so I've made money from literally doing a video of me holding uh, a cup from um, my favorite coffee place and just holding the video walking and then putting text over the screen. Most of the time we're coming up with excuses instead of coming up with solutions. And uh, that's what's keeping us stuck. So I would figure out what's the main platform you're going to kill it on in the next year. That's the first thing. Once you start building your audience on that platform, listen to what they're saying, listen to the questions that they're asking, look in your comments, your DMs, see what's going on, create your digital product. Most of us have experiences, skills, and expertise that we can monetize with a digital product. I recommend an ebook be your first one because it's fast to create and it's also fast to consume for your audience. Once you create that ebook, then I want you to start talking about the ebook, right? You're going to start talking about it. Most people create digital products and they DM me and say, oh, but it's not selling. And I go to their page and they're not, they're not selling it. So it's not selling, right? Mm -hmm. So you want to talk about it with your content. You're going to show up with your content. 
You can also, once you start making money, start putting some ads behind your content as well, retargeting ads, list building ads to start building your email list. Of course, you're going to leverage a funnel to build your email marketing. So now you're working smart and you're not working hard. But getting started, get your phone, take a cute little picture, right? Fix your, fix your hair up or get a haircut, take a cute little picture with your phone, make sure you're showing your face, put it up as your profile picture, and then just start putting the video content out there. It doesn't matter what platform you're on, video is crushing it right now. So just leverage video to build your audience, build your brand, and then just stay super consistent. I promise you in 90 days, your business will be unrecognizable. Ooh, that was good. I'm, that's, that's me. I'm taking that. If none of y'all do it, I'm doing it. I'm doing it. So Kalita, you can hold me accountable when you see me. All right. Um, I'm going to get you out on these two questions. Faith. As a person of faith, how does faith intersect with the work you do in your business? Um, faith is everything. Faith is honestly everything because um, almost 30, 13 years ago, all I wanted to do was make an extra $500 per month so that I could go to Walmart and not have to put stuff back. Mm -hmm. That's honestly what I wanted to do because um, as a single mother, you know, kids are expensive. So I just wanted to do that. And at times it seemed as though it wasn't going to work out at times things got really hard. You know, you have people telling you that little business or why don't you quit that or you're wasting time. You know, you, you hear all these things coming at you all the time. And if it wasn't for my Bible and if it wasn't for um, knowing that I could talk to my father who is, you know, God and I can lay everything there and start fresh every single morning, I would not be here today. Almost 13 days later, when I look around, the people who I started with, I can't, maybe I can name one person, but I can't name many people. And if I didn't have God to depend on, I would give up. Even up to last year, um, the thought crossed my mind, you know, it would be a lot easier if you just did your mm -hmm. job, mm -hmm. right? But when you have a calling and it's bigger than you, it's higher than you, when you know that you have a purpose and mm -hmm. that this is literally what you were put here to do, because many people think, oh, my business isn't um, a purpose. I promise you, if you are helping someone with something, you have no idea how you can influence them. You just showing up and showing someone what's possible can be a game changer. And so for those of you who, um, you know, who are thinking to themselves, is it possible? With God, all things are possible. Preach, preach anything and everything and remember if when you have faith and you trust in him you cannot fail you literally cannot fail and if somebody's done it before it can be done again and in the words of one of my favorite songs it's already done so yeah, we are moving towards it. our blessing it's already prepared for us we're just going through the process of getting there now kalita you preaching this weekend <laughs> oh boy no. no i love it thank you now kalita <laughs> Tell people how they can follow you and uh, tell us something we should get from from when we go to your, your your page or whatever. Put a lead magnet in front of us. So tell us how we can sure. follow you. So you can connect with me on Instagram at Kalita Kelman. That's my name. So you can connect with me there. Send me a DM. Tell me, hey, let me know you listen to the podcast. Yeah. And I have a free digital product bundle, which will get you started with digital products ASAP. You can DM me the word free. You get it sent to your DM like magic, you know, systems, and you can check it out. And if you have any questions, you can feel free to ask. 
I love it. Kalita Kelman, for those who are listening, is K-E-L-I-T-A-K-E-L-L-M-A-N. Kalita Kelman, yeah. go to Instagram and you'll find her there. And uh, Kalita, thank you. Thank you for <clears throat> not, not a lot of people would do what you did. You came on here and you if I'm if I just listen to this episode, I can go out here and build a funnel and get started making money. And not <laughs> a lot of people would do that. And that's the spirit of giving. And I just want to thank you. I want to thank you for today. And I want to thank you for. I've been following you for about six years now for the six years of consistency. Now I'm not as consistent as you, but you always inspire me to get more consistent. I think today I heard you. So look out for me uh, being more consistent. Thank you. And for those of you who are listening, start, start, do something, be consistent with that thing, build on it. There's going to be negatives. There are going to be drawbacks, but start and make sure that you include God and your faith in this because with God, all things are possible. Thank you all for listening to this episode. Thank you for listening to the Monetize Your Ministry podcast with Kamon Hines. For more information, visit our website at www.monetizeyourministrypodcast.com. That's www.monetizeyourministrypodcast.com. Find us on YouTube, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Please share this episode with someone who needs it. Let's increase our income and impact.